The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Learn the language of spirit. This is The Intuitive Life with Laura Wooster. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Intuitive Life, where we walk together and support each other on the path to becoming more spiritually aware, enlightened, and inspired. My name is Laura Wooster, and we will be taking calls today, but it's not for readings. It's only for questions pertaining to the subject matter today. Already, And so we'll get to that in just a moment. But um, like I just like I said, um, we are taking phone calls, but only for questions pertaining to the topic and the uh, phone number is 816-251-3555. Um, and before I get to my lovely guest today, just a couple of notes. Um, March 17th, I'll be at Circles of Wisdom in Methuen, Massachusetts in person, yay, um, for a mediumship demonstration. And I'll be at 7 o'clock in the evening. Go to my website at laurelwister.com for that. Um, also, if um, if you're not in the New England area, but you'd like to uh, witness a mediumship demonstration, we are doing an online demonstration next week on the 17th of February, Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern to 9 p.m. Eastern. There'll be four mediums, and it'll be myself, Lori Sheridan, Janet Nohavik, and John Holland. And it's a fundraiser for our local food banks. So there'll be um, three different organizations that will be benefiting from this. All the profits will go to um, uh, an organization on the seacoast in New Hampshire, also the Boston Greater Food Bank, and then also um, another organization in New Jersey. So three separate food banks will be benefiting from this fundraiser. So if you would like to take part, it's only $20. And you can go to my website at laurelwister.com and you'll see that there on my calendar, also on the homepage of my calendar. And again, it's four mediums in one night. And you don't even have to get out of your jammies. And you can help people. <laughs> so what I love about this, there's so much in the world that we want to help people with. There's so many people who, who are in need. But if we can take one thing off off of their back as far as what their needs are and helping people with food insecurity um, that just goes so far to be able to allow them to have more energy to deal with other things that maybe we can't help them with. So um, any any little bit that we can do, I think, is good. So if you, if you could help us out with that, um, just go to laurelwister.com and check that out. Um, so without further ado, I do want to bring my lovely guest on today. My guest today is a spiritual medium and an ordained minister for over 20 years, Willa White. She's a registered medium in Lilydale. 
Since 2003, she's been featured on CNN in Lisa Ling's episode of This Is Life, The Mediums of Lilydale. And she also hosts a wonderful podcast on Wednesdays called Wednesdays with Willa. And she covers different spiritual topics every week. And she has amazing guests on. It's always lovely to watch. And um, also she has she's an active member of the Lilydale community and she resides there year round. And Without further ado, let's bring on Willa White. Hi, Willa. Hello, Laura. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Well, thank you for being on. I've been been waiting to have you on for so long. I'm like, yay, finally, (laughs) we have Willa on. So excited. Because you have a very unique, yeah, it's, it's an honor to have you on, really, because you have such a unique perspective. Because, well, first of all, let's just say, let's for people who don't know what Lilydale is, can you share a little bit about this community? Sure. So Lilydale is the world's largest center for the religion of spiritualism. And what that means is we have a wonderful community of spiritualists who believe that God is all there is and that mediumship and healing are expressions of God's love. And so we have a wonderful summer program that runs usually the last week, the first weekend of June. So this year it'll be June 24th, the first week, uh, that Friday. Um, And then it'll run to Labor Day. So it's usually a 10-week season, full program of events that you can attend. There are daily events of message services and healing services, lectures. And we have wonderful workshop presenters that come in from all over the world. And they teach about mediumship and healing and spiritual understandings. And so their thought exchanges, their their hotels, their guest houses, their restaurants here. And it's just a, a wonderful, very unique space to develop <laughs> medium, but also to connect uh, with nature because we're on a beautiful uh, Casadega Lake that has a, a lovely swan that swims on it. And you can walk in the old-growth old forest, which is a, a rarity in and of itself. It will never be tim- timbered. And uh, some of our services are held in the woods, and it's like an outdoor cathedral. Mm, beautiful. Someday I'm going to get there. I have. Can you believe I've not been to Lilydale yet? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's incredible. Like, what, when am I going to get there? I've served the churches now that they've been online. Um, there's one church that I've served a couple of times, but it's um. So I've had the pleasure of doing that. But I'm going to make it a, a priority to get there. Um, but also, you've. This is a lot of people who come into you know to grow into being a medium. Um, they don't start out with a spiritualist background, but you have, because you have that unique perspective, yeah? Yes, I'm very fortunate and blessed that my parents uh, raised us with this understanding of mediumship and healing in my extended family, and um, my parents' journey really did shape my own. Uh, My mother is a professional medium in her own right, and also a spirit artist, which is a very special thing. And my my father is well-versed in all things spiritual as well. And so they supported my journey as a medium, and I attended development circles here in Lilydale and uh, grew my mediumship uh, same time as I was getting a college degree, right? Wow. And it's one of those things where, well, when, you, when you're in high school and you're trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up, medium is not on the list. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happens is uh, all of a sudden you, you find yourself going, this is what feels right. This is what I I know myself to be. 
I saw spirit when I was just a small child, and of course that was supported by my parents. I could talk to them about anything relating to spiritual matters, and it really did make a difference in my own growth and being able to be one of the youngest mediums to develop here in Lilydale. That's wonderful. Yeah, so that's because there's always an aspect, especially for developing mediums who may have come to recognize that connection later in life. They struggle with, is this for real? Am I not mentally well? Like, uh, is this, am I fooling myself? Am I making this stuff up? Like, all of that. I mean, I imagine a lot of that you didn't, maybe, maybe there was aspects of that, but maybe not in the, at the same level that maybe other people have, right? Exactly. I, I mean, you can't go through. Um, a school system and not have that sense of, well, let's see if this is backed up by science and and is this my imagination? Because when you go to school, not everybody has those kinds of experiences, or at least they're not sharing about it. And so having that space at home for me uh, was such a, a beautiful support system to grow. And I realized that so many other people don't have that, whether they're, um, you know, socially among their their friends or, or with their family. and But there's something inside of them. There's something that, that unique expression of their soul that is telling them that they are sacred and that they are of the divine and that there's a reason that they can know things uh, if they're in that intuitional mode. But also the, there are, are spirit connections that can happen, communications with those that have passed that can be really valuable and really help other to other people to grow their lives in beautiful spiritual ways. Yes. Yes. And that's one thing I've, I've, I've noticed recently with people is who've, um, cause I've connected with some people who are like, but this is so different from the other senses. I'm like, not really. When you really get to know your own senses, it's like, you don't think seeing with your own eyes is weird. You don't think hearing something is weird. Why would you think that sensing something is weird? Right? So, so um, when people are, when you have students that are coming to you that, and they're still trying to wrap their mind around the fact that their psychic senses are just as, um, you know, it's just as real as their physical senses, how do, how do you lead them to, to trust that? So the first exercise I tend to do, because I, I do have a, a development circle that I lead, mm-hmm. and first thing I do with them is, is get them in touch with their soul. Because if you can understand that you're in, in, in connection and having a direct experience, that's the highest. Direct experience is the highest of all the ways of gaining real knowledge. Because once you've had that direct experience and real knowledge, it's just a matter of living in accordance with that truth and putting it all into practice. So the mediumship and the healing, this just kind of reinforces the spiritual principles and practices. So first it's about communing with that God power. Uh, Prayer is the excellent stepping stone to get you into that. I always lead people through a prayer and a guided meditation, and and I hear people say, oh, my gosh, I I felt it. I felt I knew I was with the space of my soul. And you can access that sacred space within you and really tune into your soul first. Because it, it's when you're doing mediumship development, it's really about spiritual unfoldment, the development of your soul and that conscious awareness and that linking with your soul to do the work. Because as mediums, what we're doing is a sacred connection 
with spirit and with loved ones. And it's a joyful thing, and we can laugh along the way, and we can cry along the way. Absolutely. something that is about connecting with the soul first. So once we have that, uh, then we're in touch with that highest expression. The rest is, is so easy. Uh, he, I've had people come to circle, and they're just like, oh, my gosh, I got something the first night. Oh! <laughs> so, they didn't know they could do that. And it's uh, because they give themselves over to the joy. They're entering. I say we're, we're all going to get into the water tonight. <laughs> so we're, we're all going it's, to. It's about um, the immersion and, and knowing that you're okay to get into the waters of your spirit and of your soul. Having a safe place to do that, that's why I, I highly recommend yes. that if people are truly wanting to develop as mediums, that they find a development circle that uh, is right for them so that once a week, mind, body, spirit, they can develop their spiritual gifts. Yes, that's so crucial. And I love that you you mentioned you know the joyful part of it because sometimes we take this work so seriously that it almost be, we become so inflexible and we're not able to really sense, we, we kind of close ourselves off to spirit if we become inflexible because we're so focused on the seriousness of it, which yes, there's, we do take it, take it seriously, but the joy is just as important. And I love that you, that you um, mentioned that right off the bat. Um, so for someone, I mean, obviously, you know, there's people who who do this work for, you know, this is their profession, their their vocation. Um, but how do you feel about people who want just want to just um, discover their connection to spirit, but they don't necessarily want to be a medium? Well, there are lots of ways to do that for themselves to reach that true inner voice, yeah. and it's about accessing intuition through the imagination. I've noticed that. This, this is something I say often is that intuition and imagination live in the same house. Yeah. And imagination and intuition, they are so uniquely linked when you start to unfold as a spirit, not just as a medium or as a healer and any of those things, but just as a soul. And you start to recognize that intuition will use imagination to convey information. And so you may start to think, oh, well, I'm making this all up. And then what happens is you start to connect the dots. And the information that you're being given, you realize is very accurate and helpful in your own life and potentially able to help other people, maybe not as a professional medium or psychic, but that just understanding it on a on a family friend level sometimes and for your own place. But it first starts with that knowing that you're never alone in yes. the sacred, that you're always with a greater force, and that once you're within that sacred space, that's where the magic of transformation begins. And so tuning into your soul, it, it's like that inner body awareness of creating space. So like when we're you could do this on an everyday level. Let's say you're just waiting for something or when you're like you are, Laura, you're listening to me as I'm speaking with you and, and to the other people who are tuning into this podcast, they're listening and they're just in that moment. Or when you when you pause to look at the sky or a tree or a flower or your partner or a child, you just you feel the aliveness within you same time. Because whenever you inhabit your body in that particular way, it's serving as an anchor to staying present in the now. 
So it prevents you from losing yourself in the thinking and in the emotion or in the external situation. It's, it's what's helping you to stay tuned in to your soul and into your God awareness. So we have those moments. And so when you start seeing everything as God, you start seeing the miraculous in the uh, in the everyday and in the everything. And it's, it's basically a transfiguration of the ordinary, the daily events, those circumstances, and it lifts you up into the spiritual plane. And you start to see them as the signs, as the um, indications of divine leading you in your life. And so all those circumstances become part of your personal revelation. Mm-hmm. And so when you're looking at, at seeing those forces in your daily life, you start to notice that there is the seen and there's, there's the unseen. So we always inhabit both of the realms. Mm-hmm. You can recognize either alone, each one of them alone. But that to do that, when you do that, means you're blind to the other and you're actually depriving yourself of this great source of energy. So I, I tell people, you know, you've got radar. Turn it on. <laughs> yes. And the walls, you know, it's, it's nice to know that we have the divine aid, that it's, it's infinite, and it's there for us, and it's as available as the air we're able to breathe. So it's a, it's a remembrance of those things. But prayer force, I think what brings all the senses into focus is, is when you're in that prayer force, because mm-hmm. prayer force is really life force, and yes. when you're connecting within that, then you feel the communion with the God power, that which is the universal, and that feeds your soul and brings you to greater life and helps you through the problem solving, helps you enter into the silence. And, and of course, the big word, trust. <laughs> trust. Oh, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, and that's, well, that's a good segue um, because um, there's something that I've noticed, especially recently, or maybe people more vocal about it recently, is that um, even those who, people who say that they're very spiritual, or they they when well, we know they're very spiritual and they they come from a very spiritual background, that they're sensing a lot of people are sensing a disconnect, or they feel like is a disconnect with their spirit. So when and of course any human being, if if you're going through stuff, you're gonna feel at that at some point in your life, no matter how spiritual you may 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 be or how aware you are. So what are some things, I mean, obviously there's prayer and meditation, but what are some ways that people can sort of bide their time as they sort of get to rediscover their connection to spirit? So that's what I call practicing in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's what I call, um, it's almost like we have to feel like we're turned away from God and then we discover God again. We, yes. we discover that we're reconnected again. Mm-hmm. And I, I happens is people think that they're separated. It's an illusion of separation, really. Yes. But it, it's like this idea of, oh, no, my Wi-Fi is not working right now. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, things stop because the, but because the Internet's not working, right? Because mm-hmm. the computer's not working or however that is. This, I'm just putting it into the perspective of the Absolutely. modern day. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you start to realize, wait a minute, I'm always connected. I just have to remember that I am. And I remember, I mean, this is years ago now, uh, National Geographic had come out with a picture of God. 
and that they that it's actually that under it's understood within the human brain when they've hooked people up to the different analysis of things that they can sense God when they enter into prayer, but it can be as easy as just taking a deep breath. Mm-hmm. So breathing seems to really assist in that process, especially if we're needing connection because breath, uh, you know, it it helps us to remember to go into that. Let's be calm. Let's go into that breathing mode. So breathing, of course, helps. Uh, nature helps me. If if I have had a long day, I go take a walk, and it is such a refreshing thing. Mm-hmm. And as if I I look at the trees, and I can see how I can be rooted and grounded the way true trees are, but I can also be lifted. So we have some very tall trees here because some of the species are two, three hundred years old, and they're very very tall. And I can see all the way up to the crown of the trees, and it's as if my the crown of my head is touching the sky too. And so just by those little. I know it seems kind of imaginative or playful, and uh, but it's those understandings that if if I can just allow myself to touch the sky for a moment, just for one moment, I can re- reach that next space of light within myself. So to some degree, there is a bit of self-talk that ne- is needed in those moments mm-hmm. to get into that remembrance of you're passing through a shadow time and you, you will be moving into the light, and it's temporary. And it kind of goes back to the, to the Buddhism, right? The permanence, the, the impermanence, the recognition that, that things are shifting. And ultimately, we do have emotional things. We say, oh my gosh, you know, I, I feel awful about the situation. I feel, some people might say, I feel numb, I feel, I feel dark, I feel, I feel very overwhelmed. I, you know, there are all kinds of things I've been hearing from folks, too. Mm-hmm. It's as if they have to just sort of see that that, emo- that emotion or that image is coming to mind, and then ask themselves if they if they feel positive or negative with that. If they're uncomfortable with their what they're feeling, why am I uncomfortable? So sometimes they have to think through those things. But if you really want to just kind of blast a bit past that, it's real. It's it's about saying okay. Is it in my highest and best good to be in this mode? How how can I move into what is known as qualified energy? Because we have qualified energy and unqualified energy. Mm-hmm. And qualified energy is love and peace and joy. And unqualified energy is anger, fear, worry, resentment. And if you tune into the news or any of that, or all the negative Nellies that seem to be out there, these uh, you're going to find yourself really sliding into uh, on on the ice toward um, the unqualified energy, and so it it does start to go into a spiritual discipline that you that you put yourself into that recognition of I get to choose my pattern of reaction. Yes, yes, I get to choose that. So is this a healthy pattern of reaction? If it is, I'm going to keep that. If it's an unhealthy pattern of reaction, I'm going to let that go. And I'm going to move into what I know to be my highest and best good. And even if I don't know what direction I need to go in in this particular moment, I'm going to go about my business, so to speak. (laughs) But I'm going to 
I'm going to recognize that my soul ultimately is not afraid, that it will not be a voice of fear, and that it knows that it's a spark of the divine. And so it has this unlimited potential for love and peace and joy. And your soul just asks you to go deeper into that understanding of the experience to help you to have that awareness of, of perhaps the, um, the spiritual energetics of the situation. And that's where your intuition, your soul, will deeply speak to you in those moments. Mm-hmm. And it, sometimes the, in, the information that we receive is only to give us the increased clarity. It's not so that we go and um, in, into another person's life and say, now I'm going to fix you. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah. This only says that you can uh, do what is right within your own internal space, clearing the energy of what is needed in those moments. So if, I, you know, if a walk doesn't do it for me, uh, I get myself to Lake Erie, which isn't too far, from I mean, it has these nice big waves, right? And it just crashes in, and and, it, and it's incredible how uh, having that kind of crashing energy really starts to um, soothe for a while, right? Oh, it yes. takes things. It's um, you know, our beautiful lake here in Lilydale is can be so calm, like glass at moments. It's it's like um, it's a perfect kayaking lake in many ways because you can just kind of paddle in and it's you know you can hear the drippy drops of water off of the paddle but if you go to Lake Erie then you get your crashy waves so sometimes we need to just acknowledge that we're having the turmoil and recognize that that will recede from our life and we have to um, have it maybe in that symbolic waterway or through intense exercise or something that kind of heaves it out of us do you understand energetically moving that energy exactly yes and and oftentimes going to the beach for me i mean the crashing waves definitely kind of move it moves something energetically for me and also it it reminds me of how small we really are as human beings and there is something bigger and it it just it's very cleansing in a lot of ways you know energetically um but i love that i know we're coming up on the break but i love that you're you're describing you know the the spiritual reconnection as a process rather than one simple thing that you do. I mean, it can be a very simple process, but it's still a process. Um, and, and recognizing that reconnecting to spirit or, or feeling that connection to spirit can is a continual process, which I love that you're, you're bringing that all up. But we're coming up to the break right now. And just a reminder, we are taking calls, but just for questions pertaining to connecting to spirit, connecting, reconnecting to your own soul, your own spirit. And we're here with a lovely spiritual um, spiritual minister, um, medium, Willa White from Lilydale, New York. And we'll be taking your calls after the break if you'd like to have, if you have a question for Willa, 816-251-3555. Discover the power within unityonlineradio.org, the voice of an awakening world. 
Welcome back to The Intuitive Life with Laura Wooster. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Intuitive Life. And I'm here with my lovely guest, Willa White from Lilydale, New York. And if you'd like to check out Willa's website, you can go to willawhite.com. And that's W-I-L-L-A-W-H-I-T-E. Com. And um, we are taking calls, but just for questions pertaining to the subject, which is um, how, how to reconnect to your spirit. Um, so if you have any questions about that, if you've struggled with some things around that, you know, feel free to call in. We're not doing readings, like I said, but it is um, we will answer questions. Um, so Willa. Obviously, you know, um, you know, you had mentioned before the break, you were talking about getting reconnected to spirit and, and it, what it sounds like is prayer can be more than just reciting words or, or, or speaking to spirit or source or whoever, whatever you want to call the greater, the greater power. Um, but a lot of people who come from, um, maybe traditional, religious backgrounds, sometimes they might feel, sometimes I'll see people bristle a little bit when I mention, you know, when they ask me, what's a good way to get connected to spirit? Like prayer is really good, meditation, and they go, ooh, you know, and so I can, I can kind of understand that (laughs) a little bit coming from a a traditional um, background, but what are some other options or another way to look at prayer so it's not so charged with that, that energy? Okay, so I guess I would I would say prayer force is life force, like I said before, because prayer force not only releases the uh, latent energies of our being, but it renews energies with vitality and with power. So you know how emotional and intellectual energy has to be released or else the whole physical system starts to feel the effects of repressed power? You can feel it. if it's all cluttered up with that, if you don't release it, like I, I jokingly, half jokingly said, we need something called a screaming hill that people can go and just scream and let it, to some extent. But uh, if, with prayer, that actually helps us to move past some of the um, suppressed energy. So you know how, like, a, if you're in an automobile, like a car, and it's and it's vibrating when the engine is just turning over, or you can hear and feel how it's racing if it's just in stationary position. Yes. Well, the whole car can kind of, it, it's shaking and it's quivering with all that suppressed energy, right? And there's this moment where the energy is released and the car goes, you know, it starts driving down the road and then you feel like you're in this harmonious rhythm, right? You're, you feel like you're in this right action. Mm-hmm. So, Repressed emotions and those feelings can are just like that, and they can do the same thing to uh, your mentality and your and your body. So, with that life force, that energy that's within you, that's this limit, unlimited space, and it's the it's the thing that helps run the whole world, right? The thing that's right. in you, this fine spark, is is what this, this cosmic energy is all about. So. The feeling of all of that is embodied in prayer and and something to remember that your whole being prays with you. It's like it's this, this recognition of not just when you put your hands together, although there's a reason why we, why we do that. There are a lot of chakras in the hands, and when we put them together, unite the right and left palm, 
there is an amazing energy exchange that comes with it. So, I mean, there is a reason for it. Once people understand there's a reason why we do these particular postures, then they go, oh, my gosh, I want to do that again. <laughs> so they discover, because what's been lost sometimes in translation with religion is why we do that, why energetically that would help us to have a more effective prayer time. But anyway, it, we can do this embodied prayer. That's why, you know, with yoga postures, it can be very wonderful and pronounced or, or why certain religious traditions have have them, you know, in a posi- position to pray. But when we're walking, when we're walking in nature, I pray a lot in that space. Or if I'm standing in the line of the grocery store waiting for my turn for checkout, it's, yeah. it's a moment to just kind of, Breathe into the abdomen, and then we're there. But that that daily prayer, it, it really is as necessary as food and water and air and exercise. And it's that inward soul nature that needs to be fed. It's like this recollection that we are not just a mundane being that is chopping wood, carrying water, so to speak, but that we have this recognition that we don't have to be spiritually depleted that we don't have to always be racing around trying to feed others from some sort of empty basket that we have. That right. that prayer is there to release the old energies, the old feelings, the emotions, and to refresh you with that new vitalizing life. So at first I think first it's about getting that in the into that right intention about prayer so that we can then move into the right practice with prayer. Now it looks different for different people for their practice. But ultimately, remembering that prayer is power, we can recognize that we're treating all of those things inside of us that we may energetically need to clear, uh, not just emotionally clear, but energetically clear. That happens during prayer. And it's just that way of talking to God very intimately. It's that recognition that you're, you're talking to your best friend, you can, the, you know, everything can uh, be told without uh, fear of reprisal, per se. But there's a, a reverence that I tend to go go into when it comes to prayer. But there's a, a recognition that our faith, as we develop that, that trust and that confidence when we turn to God, when we say, God, I, I have literally done everything I can think of to do, everything I know, and I... I'm at my limit. I I know that if you want me to do something about this, I I don't know how to proceed in this. I'm in a corner. I'm I'm mm-hmm. blocked, and I simply don't have ha, know how to do anything more with this. And that's when you say, I am going to allow you to take over God and show me how to run things. And I mean, you could put a different word in there for God if that's your if that's a if that, if that's a buzzword for you. You know, remember, you can you can put the correct universal light or infinite intelligence. Spiritualists like to say infinite intelligence or Mother, Father, God. You know, however that uh, floats your boat. But it's that recognition that a load can be lifted from your shoulders and your mind and your heart. And even if you pray and you don't necessarily feel free, sometimes it's about venting at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been on the trails here. Uh, at Lilydale and other places, and 
And sometimes, you know, when you first start walking a trail and you're, you're by yourself and you're needing to get your yayas out, you're wanting to kick a rock. You're just so tired right. of something. <laughs> and you're, there's like this stomping almost that, you're, that you can energetically feel you're doing. And if you just go ahead and do that and then, I always pick a spot on the trail and it is my turnaround spot. It might be a big boulder or a particular tree. And at that, at whatever that spot is, I'll stop there mm-hmm. and I'll, you know, I'll heave a big, big, big breath or two. And then I will just say, God, I give this all up to you. I recognize it, that I have had all of these thoughts, all of these feelings, all of these overwhelmed things going on. I give this to you. Mm-hmm. And then you know what I do? I let it go, and I turn myself right around, and I walk that path back. And on the return of the path, I can see the green of the trees and the leaves, and, oh, look, there's a squirrel. And you know, things <laughs> like that. Like, oh, it does, yeah, it clears it, your vision for sure, yes. I've, I've walked into the fairy tale land. But you don't have to necessarily do the physical walk if, you're, mm-hmm. if you don't have the time for it. You can still do that while you're seated at home. In, in prayer. Uh, so that's a, a way of releasing it. But one of the most spiritual people I ever met, he was a, a dishwasher and uh, at a restaurant, and he would wash dishes. And you know what he would do? While he was washing the dishes, he would pray for all the people who had made the food, all the people who had served them, all the people who had eaten the food, all of the lives that these people would touch. He was praying the whole time. Can you imagine? Mm, You know, most people, if you think about washing dishes, they're like, oh, this is the last thing I want to (laughs) do. He turned it into a spiritual exercise. So when we can turn that which is considered the mundane into a spiritual exercise of perhaps adding that prayer to it, it Mm -hmm. takes on a greater meaning. It takes on a life of its own. And we start to move out of our grumbling pain and into service to others and in service of the divine. And that's where we truly feel ordained by God in those moments. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, I I do believe I, there is a quote. I forget who whose quote it is. It's something about the way you walk upon the earth is a prayer in itself. So yeah. yeah so that's it, and so a lot of times we think it's it's something that's has to be confined to a building or a moment or anything. It doesn't have to be a specific moment. It can be the way, like literally the way you live your life in your, in the moment. And I love how you said like sometimes in a grocery store you even like you might be saying a prayer and. And I do that myself. I'll be in line and, and it'll, it'll we'll just be waiting and I have a moment and I just kind of send out a thought to the people around me, like, you know, that we're all blessed to be able to be here and to to be able to purchase this food to bring home to our families. And, you know, it's just a different mm-hmm. way of looking at things. And it's it's um, prayer can be a process. It doesn't have to be a, a one specific moment. And it helps us to be more patient with what's going on, what's unfolding in our lives and what's unfolding in the lives of others, because so often Yes, we're praying for ourselves, but we're praying for other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes uh, good things happen, um, bad, I'm sorry, bad things happen, in, in quotes, uh, to good people. And you, you are just like, oh, why, yeah. oh, why, you know? And you're praying for them, and you, you're like, God, please, can you make this happen and that happen? And you realize that you, you've kind of gotten, it, gotten into this um, space where you're, like, ordering God around. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, 
this isn't as going up to the drive through window and saying, and would you like fries with that, too? It's, it comes to that place of we have to recognize that we set the prayer out, out there as an intention for whatever is the highest and best good for that individual mm-hmm. or for that situation. And that helps a lot in terms of reconnecting with our own soul because once we say the prayer for someone else, a lot of the worry drops away if we let it. If we really say, God, I recognize I'm worried about so-and-so, I have faith and I trust in their journey. Amen. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, a, you know, it's a real um, release of, of that force, like we talked about before with the car. You know, sometimes we, it, it just it moves us where we need to go and, and so that we're back into the rhythm. And so when we're wanting to reconnect to our spirit, that's, that's why some people say, oh, prayer, like you said before. <laughs> but when you really break down the components of prayer and how it can be utilized, you go, start to go, why haven't I been doing this before? Yeah. <laughs> you start to go, holy cow, it's like, it's just like a, a waste of energy that I, I didn't apply itself. I, I didn't apply this appropriately uh, in my life before, but now I can see. Now I can see how I can revisit those moments and in the here and the now and in the future, how I can move into that reconnection. And you're practicing. You're practicing life. You're practicing that presence of God and seeing it in yourself and in other people and, and seeing how those vibrational frequencies merge and what happens from all of that. It's a, it's a be- Life is a beautiful thing if we let it be. Oh, that's for sure. Yes. And, and sometimes, we, you, know, I, you know, people beat themselves up when they get frustrated or they, they're, they, there's resentment or something. And they just feel like, what's wrong with me if I'm feeling these negative emotions that aren't helpful? But, but I think if we just look at that, it's obviously we embrace our humanness and, and look at that as an invitation for prayer or the, op- the door to open to prayer, right, to, to sort of giving that, that power to but- I'll throw this little thing out too. Sometimes the things that we're feeling are not our own, and we take them on as if they are. Yes, you're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> feeling and and that, and that's another reason why prayer force is so so beautiful because it it gets us back to that which is our true nature, instead of feeling the bombardment of energy and emotional energy and the the emotional hooks that people try to put into us or. The, those connections are are revitalized so that we don't have to be in those mindsets anymore and those old patterns. So sometimes what we're feeling in the in all of that is other people's, and because so many people are much more intuitive than they give themselves credit for, they yes. can feel other people's um, situations. They don't always know why, but they do, and that's why it's important to do the clearing. And if you're in a difficult spot, uh, you know, rule out, is this mine or someone else's? Exactly. That's a really good yes. starting point. That's a powerful starting point. This is probably one of the best things I ever learned um, from one of my mentors, John Holland. Who's, he said, is this coming to to me or from me? And that in that moment, like, that can clear out a whole bunch of energy. Like, that's not mine. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's very freeing when you realize half the stuff you're, you're feeling really isn't yours, right? Absolutely. And so it comes down to, I, I think, when you're wanting to reconnect with your spirit, to rec- first 
remember that you're a soul, and to make that uh, make that a, a set it for yourself that you're going to keep observing your energy level, mm-hmm. and that you're going to practice being aware of your space energetically and more mindful of the energy around you, which brings you to the that. You know, we were talking about before the priority of spending time in nature and connecting with earth and the trees, but also that healing power of nature and that healthy time spent outdoors can really reset the weary mind and the weary body. But it's also living in accordance with the cycles of day and night and, you know, harmonizing yourself to the earth and increasing that intuition, but taking time to tune into your soul. Even, you know... Believe me, I'm very busy with my work and with my family. And I I remember the the days with my babies um, where I was lucky if if I had a moment to myself. You know, taking a shower was was just like the highlight of my life. I totally remember remember. that. I definitely remember (laughs) what that was like. But I would take these little moments. I would just kind of breathe like, okay, yes, this child's in my arms right now, but I'm going to tune into my soul so that I can then tune into my child's soul and really, really be aware of what they need to make it easier on myself. Mm-hmm. So when you're in those moments of over, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling that you're not reconnected, just it's just as close as taking a deep breath. And you just take that deep breath and you say, you can say a little prayer. Have a snippet of something that you can read. Like for me, because I was constantly taking care of them, I have books all over the house. So at any given moment, if I sat down, right, I could I could read a little a little something from a devotional or some book that it, it would be like a, I was nibbling on spiritual food. Mm-hmm. And it was something I did throughout the day. So even if you're not a person who could, I, I certainly do not sit around praying for hours on end. I don't believe we have to turn ourselves into, you know, monks and nuns and things like that. But it's that idea of what kind of food are you eating, that that spiritual food? What are you feeding yourself on a daily basis? And if you have that to nibble on through the day, it changes your mindset. Yes. It it changes who you are going to be and how you're going to show up for other people. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it doesn't have to be anything complicated either. Like, Like you said, if there's... Even if there's um, a couple of sentences that really move you, that you found, just write them down and keep them in your pocket. And when you're feeling uncentered, just pull it out of your pocket and read those read those few words or a sentence or a paragraph, whatever that might be. It doesn't have to be an elaborate um, procedure to get connect, reconnected in any given moment. And um, yeah, and just taking a breath is huge too. <laughs> there's so many, and, so many. Yeah, Looking out the window, even if you could only see a tiny little two-by-two-inch square outside your window, you focus on that light. And, and you know, some of the great artists of, of the past, sometimes what they've had to do is they have been cut off from nature, right? So mm-hmm. there's a symbol, symbolic cutting off from nature means you cut off from your soul to some extent. But they've been able to find even just that patch of, of window, like what, what Van Gogh had to do when he was in the yes. asylum, right? He just had that patch of window. And just by letting a little bit of that light in and knowing that it's always there waiting for you and you could reconnect with it, even if you can't see it, even if you can't see it beyond the walls of the framework of your life, 
you can see it mm-hmm. with your soul. And it's a remembrance that there's something else out there for you that has always been inside you at the same time, infinitely outward, infinitely inward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so will it, what's the best way, if someone would like to um, learn from you, mentor with you, or have a reading with you, what's, what's the best process to get in touch with you? So they can reach out to me through my website, willowwhite.com, and on there I do have uh, under mediumship readings and teaching consultations, uh, you can submit a scheduling request for through the form on my website, and you'll get back. I'll get back to you when I can. Um, booking out a couple months already, a few months, and so and it's this is my busy time of year coming into even more. So uh, it's important that you're going to reach out um, as soon as possible if you want a reading soon. Uh, the other part of of learning with me is you can go on my website. Every couple of months, I'll offer different classes. I do update that when I can, but on my Facebook page is is the best way to follow what events I'm offering. So if they go to Willa White Medium on Facebook, they can um, be notified as to when I go live for my own podcasts and also the classes that I offer, whether they be uh, a weekly development circle or other workshops or video learnings. Great. So you do have development circles online as well. I do. But I run, I run them like a five-week series typically because uh, that way we're grouped together for, for, a long, you know, for that long. And that way people can have that experience of connecting. But that's for people who are really interested in, in developing their mediumship and giving and receiving messages with partner exercises. If you're not that interested in, the, in those kind of things, you, you might want to hang out until I post up uh, meditation classes and other spiritual development classes, things like that. Yes, and that's, and that's and I can, and like you said earlier, you know, find, like you said, finding a safe place to learn or like-minded people, um, that's so important. And I can guarantee you, you know, to be in the space with Willow, either online or by phone or in person, um, this would be a safe place to be and to learn and to un- unfold your spiritual connection. So highly recommend Willa. Um, and also your podcast. I love your podcast. Um, and so every Wednesday morning, which obviously they're recorded, so you can you can um, view them afterwards. Um, but wonderful guests and a lot of insight and, and, and very um, deep conversations, which I love. So... <laughs> So keep doing those podcasts. Um, so if what what can you leave with people today? Like say they want to begin their or to end their day with um, a connection or a feeling connected to something larger than them. What's a great way just to I mean, I know we already talked about, you know, taking a breath in prayer. But what's, what's something you could do before going to bed tonight that you can recommend to people? So um, I, I, used, I use the, the going to bedtime uh, prayer, of course, but I also say set that up as a gratitude moment. I say thank you so much for the things that unfolded today. Because when I wake up in the morning, I know it sounds hokey, but this is the prayer that I say. I like rhymes. So I'll say um, thank you for this day. Thank you for my work and play. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's just kind of hokey, but it it works. It's not, for me. not at all. No, that's great. It's, it's just it's just easy, and it it's not like it's not like a huge prayer. 
but uh, at the at the end of the night, I just say thank you so much. I'm so grateful for my family. I'm so glad that you you got us through such and such. You know, I'm glad that I I knew, remember to turn to you about that. And you know, thank thank you for helping me to let go of my worry about so and so. Right. And so sometimes I'll do it that way. And I don't know that that's prayer. I, I guess it's really just kind of talking to the to the source, as it were, and setting up that if. I'm going to need anything for the next day while I'm kind of in that half in, half, you know, half awake, half a, half asleep mode. If there's anything they want to share with me before uh, I go to sleep, then they're welcome to, or in my dreams. And sometimes what will happen is I will wake up in the middle of the night and I'll, I'll get this download. I'll be like, do, 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 do. Like all of a sudden, I'll know what to do about such and such, or I, I'll know. Um, what I need to say in this next lecture that I'm I'm doing for a church or, you know, things like that that come up. Or, I mean, one time it was like, wait a minute, you need RSVP for that wedding. <laughs> Sometimes it's <laughs> But yeah. my guides will, will help me. My spirit guides and angels are so very present. And they can be, the, if they can do that for me, they can do that for you. Uh, for anyone listening, you need to recognize that there is, are a lot of, um, angelic forces that are assisting all of us each and every day and that we can give over to that and rest easy as we proceed in life. Do your best and then let it go and be in repose for sleep. Beautiful. Yes. And I've, yeah, it's, isn't it interesting with the downloads in the middle of the night too, total, all the time. It's like, like three o'clock in the morning, like, now right now <laughs> yep i call it the hour of power <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> i keep a, a notebook next to the to the bed so that i can jot down something or um even if you know it's dark i can still kind of like there's the paper and that might be the line <laughs> yeah as long as it gets on paper right <laughs> so i do the same thing but, you know it's, it's yeah. about recognizing the gratitude of those moments you know Spiritual natural law is one of the things that spiritualists yeah. love, and one of the spiritual natural laws is the law of gratitude, and that certainly brings more and more to your life. Absolutely. You grow it. Absolutely. That's a prayer in itself is gratitude. Well, thank you, Willa. It's been lovely. WillaWhite.com for anybody who'd like to reach out to Willa about her classes or readings. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.